0: You are now about to witness the awesome crushing a mind of nostrils, baby. The U G S Nostradamus, actually Eugene S. Robinson. Show stopper! Woo-hoo! Welcome, my friends to a show that seemingly never kind of almost ends. V-6-2, I'm your host, V-62. See, we're not going backwards anymore. We did that on Knuckle Up, went backwards from 500 to 1. I said I would set myself a plane, seen the limited application of my talents. So here I am, doing it as Show Stomper, at V62. So uh, we got a lot. We got UFC Saint Don't Cares a the Mueller Report, a bunch of other stuff. Right now, Bob Riley, singer for Stigmata. Bumper music forever from the very beginning. It's called Calling of the Just. CD that's still available from Stigmata, the band, at Revelation Records, Huntington Beach, California, where to hit your car with a hammer. The song is called "Intro All of Nothing." We can tell you a little bit about what you're about to hear. See, see here, and Bob Riley is singing, singing the words that'll set the tone for the rest of the. I'm on my way back to nowhere. I took my time but I could not see so clear. But I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Being paid back for always nothing. All right, my friends. All right, my friends. Uh, um, you yeah, know. Uh, here we go. Let's uh put the let's put the the viewer gifted blue balls. Hey, you remember that little dog we used to have? Yeah, the one that we used to dye pink, little snowballs. No, the one that died. Anyway, this is V62. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson, and this is going to be uh, kind of. Uh, I want to do something very specific after we do the top of the uh, uh, top of the um, top of the hour housekeeping. Um, here we are at, at April 21st. I've had kind of a downer week frankly, but it's over stupid shit, so I I hesitate to tell you because it's, I imagine you're going through the same thing, got to shoulder your burdens without complaint, and I'm not complaining, but in this instance, I am noting, mostly because of how it played out. So let's go down a little personal road. My accountant, I've never done my own taxes. I used to have this great accountant named Anthony Santos, and Anthony Santos would say stuff to me like, could you say you spent 7 dollars $20,000 on wardrobe last year and i would go being the the maven for for the mystical language that i am i would say you could say that and he would go great now admittedly with him as my accountant i got audited 3 times it's cuz i had multiple sources of income but i also had multiple deductions and the guy just put it straight out. He goes, frankly, I think it seems to me that you're using the deductions to hide the profits. I was like, why, why would I do something like that? <laughs> well, anyway, a friend of mine who was an accountant told me, never let you, you know, I figure I'm going to have them come out and they're going to see my greatly reduced circumstance. I'll be sitting there in the, in the barrel or some overalls in the front playing my banjo. And they would go, oh, this guy's poor. They're, no, I no, don't do that. The smart ones they send out to the field, it's the dummies in the office that you got. it. So I made an appointment. Santos tells me, oh, look, uh, you don't need me. You would go, you'd be better off handling it yourself. And so I'd go in. Then the first one I knew I had it when the guy's looking at my thing goes, hey, do some acting. I tell you, man, I've been looking to get into acting because I hate this job. Got him. So I got dinged for 60 bucks mostly because at the end of it, the guy said, I got to find something. He goes, How does 60 bucks sound? I was like, Oh shit, it's like that Eddie Murphy skit. It's working for me. I go, 60 bucks sounds fine. So 60 was second, second one. I went in, didn't get, didn't luck out, didn't get the same guy. His cat was a little craftier, was immune to my charms, and he dinged me for like $187, which is a triple increase. And then the third time, the guy said, you know, you've had a losing business now for four years. You ever think about going into a different line of business? And I said, like, what? What can I apply? What can I use to replace a record store? Guy goes, no, maybe record store is not the thing. He was eerily prescient the third time they got me for $320. So you see the way this is going. After that, Santos goes, I'm leaving. He beat it out of the country, never heard a scene from him again. So I it around. I was casting around for a new accountant guy because I'm not suited to do my own taxes. Ah, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing it. I don't, don't try to convince me. And so this new cat, let's just call him Steve. I get dinged a few years ago. I, said, I don't like that, Steve. Shit, that sucks. Change your withholding. So he gives me all of the proper withholding so you don't have to write. And he goes, OK, buddy. All you got to pay this year is $1,000. I go, cool. He goes, but say, do you have that? That W2 for your wife that you did you ever get your hands on that? Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'll send that over. And he said, Send it over. And the guy goes, Oh, I go, whoa, whoa, whoa what's all? So? He goes, Oh, this changes things a bit. Uh, he goes, I'll send you your new numbers tomorrow. I go, okay, okay, well, it can't change. I mean, I, I gotta pay a thousand. I think I could swing that, you know, because people go to patreon.com/slash the stomper. And those dollars add up. They help out, keep the show on the road, so to speak. He comes back, yeah, yeah, the new figure. And since we have to file for an extension, maybe you got to just pay them now so we don't have to pay a fine, is now $5,000. That's a 5% of a five times increase from 1,000 to 5. Now, I got guys I know who are paying 14, so I shouldn't feel bad. I'm just noting I'm not complaining. 5000. So I got to pay it. You got it. You can't, right? Otherwise then you got to pay the fine and it comes out to be even more. So I write I write a write off a check. That means I'm broke. I'm busted. I got nothing for another 10 days. I can't buy a single whatever you used to buy casually. Oh, I need some toilet paper. Can't do it. Can't do it. Unless you want to buy toilet paper on credit card. You want to be those one of people hustling, paying 21% increase on a roll of fucking toilet paper? Where's that toilet paper now? I don't know. I flushed it away. Just like them, $5,000. The only reason I'm noting this and not complaining about this is, one, to give you a sense of the mood and to tie you into what's about to be some political talk. For the longest time, I had maintained that money, I still do, is an abstraction. If I'm stuck in the woods, I can't use it to keep me warm, except for the temporary burn rate of however much money I have. Can't eat it. Can't build a boat out of it. Can't build shelter out of it. Yet, if I have enough of it, I can get you to have sex with me. If I have enough of it, I can get you to murder somebody for me. If I have enough of it, you give me a lot more than you would if I don't have it. So I maintain that money is an abstraction. Moreover, I maintain that taxes are kind of an abstraction. You're bought, you get your paycheck, and you look at your paycheck, and you've got Social Security, and you've got uh, state taxes, and you've got uh, uh, 401K sometimes. All these things they pull out. It's magical money. These are just numbers on a piece of paper. Your company is the one who's paying that. This is what i told myself. So theoretically speaking, whatever you think you make a year and then the company says, we will give you this much a year, but we'll actually only give you 80% of that because 20%, we're going to help you out and we're going to pay the government for you. You never had it. You don't see it. Some would question whether it did, existed or not. I tell my Trump guys about, about money at abstraction. They go, you're crazy. Money is not an abstraction. I go, Okay. You know when money's not an abstraction? When you got to pay it. I'm not talking about when they give it before you get it. I'm talking about when you got to go in those little Patriot safes, those PVC tubes that you drop vertically in your yard where you hide your money because you can't trust the banks anymore. You got to dig it up and pull that tube out and pull out some of your, your Krugerrands. Now I'm giving something that I'm in direct possession of. And I'm giving it to, I'm writing it on a piece of paper, putting that piece of paper in the envelope, standing on an unbelievably ridiculously long line so I can get a fucking letter postmark April 15th, and I'm mailing that shit off. That's very real money. That's money that I can no longer use to buy gas. I'm not complaining. I'm noting. I'm getting to a point. Can't use to buy actual groceries, actual goods. That means I got to walk around the house and turn off lights. I should do this anyway, it's good for the planet. That means if I get a flat tire, I got to steal a tire off your car. (laughs) Yeah. That means if I need a catalytic converter, I got to steal it off of your car. <laughs> yeah. uh, that means if I need a coat, I got to break into your house and steal it. That's what that means. I guess that's what that means. So, a, um, so you pay this money. And then I- I'm looking, I said, look, okay, there's a school of thought, maybe libertarian, maybe Ron Paul-esque, that wants really limited government. They say, look, you know, I need you to fix the roads, infrastructure shit. And I need you to protect the borders, right? National security stuff. If Russia invades, I'm in no position to defend myself, not with the armaments they have, presumably, even paying all this money, that the biggest military in the world, in the history of the world. However, like I said to some of my gun fans today, I was like, you realize the fact that they let us have guns means that the shit that they have, the real shit that they have, paid for by the black budget program something I've known about since my days working at Defense Electronics Magazine, where Congress can't see what's in it. They just have to sign off on it. God knows what's in there. Dolphin bombing. They were just in it was in the dolphins on bombing runs, trying to turn them into being guided mammalian missiles. Back in the late 60s and the 70s, they were doing experiments trying to humanize monkeys. It's like scientists, engineers, and, uh, uh, scientists, engineers, and biologists are doing sh- – it's like they've never seen a single fucking movie. From reanimating the dead brain cells of a pig to splicing human genes into a fucking chimp to creating AI that's capable of constructing more AI robots to robots that can do backflips and run up crates and and warehouses. It seems like these guys have never seen a single movie. And this is a tip of a much more gooned out iceberg because the black budget program is like trillion dollars and nobody knows what's in it. Why? Why doesn't the president know who in it? No, no, knows Why does the president know what's in it? Because he's a temporary employee. Like they said in that documentary, un- unacknowledged. There are people who have been held their jobs in DC for over 20 years. That's a good run. They're not voted in, they're not voted out. They can hold those jobs as long as they like. And they're affianced to the military and industrial. You think we have VCRs without fucking military industrial? You think? You think we have the internet? Initially started as DARPA, Defense Advanced Research but that's PA. We wouldn't. So the shit that they the shit that they've already let out of the barnyard has been has been has been earth life changing. I grew up pre-internet. You know how many billionaires have been created post-internet, as a result of the internet. I don't know. It's Unknown by me, but knowable. So at the very, th- I want I want the borders protected in the infrastructure. Anything else seems to me to be larding on it like, okay, foreign aid, yeah, yeah, I got it. We're creating safety, safe markets for us to sell the massive amounts of goods we produce. I'm no economist, but yeah, I kind of get that. But then I look and we don't have a head, we don't have a defense secretary. We don't have a head of Homeland Security. We don't have... And it's starting to be like 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 Belgium that for five years had no leader. They're just like, fuck it, we can't make a government. Fuck it. I guess we just don't. And they soldiered on. Soldier on. Things you don't know you don't need until you don't need them anymore. Yet I just wrote a check for five thousand dollars. To a government that, you know, if you're a fan of small government, you're getting it now. Which brings us to the Mueller report. You see, yeah, Eugene, you don't like paying this $5,000. Look how much money was wasted on this Mueller report. And I, and I want to say something very specifically. You're going to think that this is partisan. And you know my politics, so you might say, ah, it's partisan. And You might be getting ready to disregard this. I want to get to a preamble before we get to that. But the reality of it is the Mueller report, as far as I'm concerned, is a criminal investigation. Rain, snow, sleet, hail. Son, it doesn't make a difference. That shit, uh, 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 that shit uh, uh, advances regardless. Oh, no collusion. No no, no, no collusion, no obstruction. That doesn't mean the law wasn't broken. That's the two aspects of it. But I want to get to uh, the preamble ties in the last week where I'm talking about internet tonality. All of us, you, all of you listening to me now, all of you watching me now, you have more than a passing understanding of of the shit that I wrote about in the fight book, which is the moment when the hand becomes a fist, all right? You've understood, you've understood the finer mechanics of how this works, even if this is not part of your life, all right? And what the internet has done is created a safety zone where you can um where all of us know that half the shit that these people are saying from the safety of their living rooms their dirty couches and uh and their phones they would never ever say except some people have started to confuse computer life with real life now i'm not saying i'm not okaying sanctioning rebarbative behavior repellent behaviors but i am a big fan of of natural law hey hey stop the car for a bit man i want to get out look at that fucking tiger over there i'm gonna kick him in his ass watch him run have you ever kicked a tiger in the ass have you ever talked to anybody who's kicked a tiger in the ass You know why you've never talked to anybody who's kicked a tiger in in its ass? Because anybody who's ever kicked a tiger in its ass is no longer around to talk about what it's like to kick a tiger in his ass. It's a natural law. I remember being a kid and kids freaking out over bees, and I heard an adult saying it stuck with me. No, not the thing about they're more afraid of you than you are of it. Not that. That's not possible in regards to tigers. But you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Simple. Simple mathematical breakdown. You leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. You know, I feel like I'm personally a remarkable guy, but there's not much about my personality that requires being remarked on by strangers. And if you open the door, I know that the, uh, Allen Ginsberg once told me, Dharma gates are endless. That means I can find meaning anywhere. You open the door into communicating with me, now that's suddenly a two-way door. In the early days of the internet, some guy was doing that, thinking he had stepped into this Tron-esque alternate reality of the computer that was Samsung shit, like threatening me. And I showed up at the guy's house off, off of hate Street. Say hey bro, I'm outside. I want to give you some time to expand on that point you were trying to make about 45 minutes ago. Oh, Eugene, you're just a bully. Not a bully, man. I remember saying once to a girlfriend who was a, who was a, a prattler, uh a, also known as a babbler. And I had I finally had to stop her at one point, and, and the two of us were together, and I said. You know, you talk like somebody who's not used to having people listen to them. And I need to tell you, I'm listening to everything you say. Everything. Paying attention. So if you're asking me in choosing to go ahead with this relationship, if you're asking me to take full measure of who it is that you are, you might be more studied, more carefully constructed about the conversation that you're delivering, because I'm listening to it all. It's not like I'm only listening to 50% or 60%. When I'm with you, I'm dialed in. Take words really seriously. You know how often I have to apologize for stuff I've justifiably screwed up? Very infrequently. Why? Because I don't talk, strangely enough. I don't talk without having carefully considered things. I'm not one of these mannered people who, like, yeah, you know. You, then you can't. It takes me forever to get something out, but usually I'm thinking about stuff, you know. Before this opens, those of you just listening, not watching, I'm pointing to my mouth. Before this opens, it's been processed. Now I'm pointing to my head here. Doug Whitmer is a is kind of the last person I spoke out of pocket to, and that's because I was in the midst of having an argument with my ex-wife, and he kept following me around Gold's Gym trying to interject himself in the conversation. I was like, Jesus Christ, can't you see a, a man and a woman are trying to have a serious, fuck off. And I felt bad I had to call the guy afterward. It wasn't his fault. He just wasn't getting it. He was a hammerhead. And I could have said nicely, hey, give me, could you give us some, some space here? I know we're in a public spot, but you know, we're actually having a serious discussion, which you should be able to tell by the fact that we're hunkered down in this corner. So this kind of, well, hashtag sorry, not sorry, all that that impolite shit Frank Sinatra said at best, keep the party polite. Keep the party polite, because you could find yourself fucking hurt. And that's all people are saying about the Khabib uh, uh, McNuggets thing. Somebody said, well, yeah, people weren't pissed off. And when Connor was kicking the shit, they weren't pissed off. And then when Khabib said something about they're calling him a rapist and they got upset. I, I, I know that sounds, it's, 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 yeah, I got that too. But the, the caution was su- suddenly that people understood that one guy who understands internet reality is talking to another guy who may not be understanding internet reality or rather is going to cash those checks that you've been writing on your internet reality in real life in ways that won't be solved in the cage. Because it was if it was going to be solved in the cage, it would have already been solved in the cage. Since at last time I checked, Khabib be beat the fuck out of McNuggets in the cage, and that didn't settle things. It's so one thing, dude wants to talk himself into a fight. Oh, I hurt my foot. I was there. I wasn't focused. I'm ready to go again. I'm retired. I'm not retired. I'm retired. I was whatever. I'm getting busted for this, for that. I attacked two people. Whatever. I have clearly have a problem. I got this kids out of wedlock. How do I? Okay. So money is an abstraction in general. Specifically, it's not abstract at all. Marvin Gaye said it best. Simple fact is, I can't pay my taxes. Except I can. I paid it. Now I'm skint. Patreon.com slash The Stomper. Please. I'm going to try to put the link in the caption. One of the listeners or viewers was like, you got to do that, Eugene. I was like, hey don't uh, know how, but okay, I'll try. So, in regards to in regards to the Mueller report, this way of talking and being has permeated our existences to the point where where everything has reached an uncomfortable fever pitch that Rene Girard, in his Violence and Sacred, talks about create, creating what I believe is going to be called a sacrificial crisis, and the only way that you the you relieve the pressure from the pressure cooker of a sacrificial crisis is to, is to, um, is to have a sacrifice. And uh, uh, so here we are on Passover. Well, Passover ended yesterday. Um, Let's call it Easter today. And we're going to fully consider, consider that, uh, you know, Oh God, I think I'm dying. Sorry, uh, I just ate something. I rushed to eat, and you can't eat too fast. So, so um, so the Mueller report comes out, and the fever pitch that I'm talking about that's going to lead to a sacrificial crisis is is, is the manner in which we talk to each other. We have a complaint generator by way of Facebook. I talked about this before where well, that becomes the automatic the automatic go-to, tonally speaking, in terms of tonality and process based where people are saying shit that they would not say if they were standing in front of you as a matter of course. And the sacrificial crisis, as it plays out in the micro level, will have people getting hurt in small instances, vis-a-vis. Now, a friend of mine, his name is Paul Bear, sings for a band called Sheer Terror. And he's been hard on the Proud Boys. And the Proud Boys recently bought a bunch of sheer terror T-shirts and made them Proud Boys uh, things. And so Paul has said, you know, why don't you guys go fuck yourselves with a big stick? And so now, you know, they have these mini squabbles all over. And I have to say, for the past two years, I've been walking around prepared and loaded for bear for some guy in real life, IRL, who's confused internet reality with reality reality. Yeah. And I have to say that before we get out of this thing, like this is like apocalypse now, you know, one day this war is going to be over. Before we get out of this thing, real blood is going to be spilled. But micro-sacrificial crises don't add up to much. It's just more bad news that darkens your day. I finally figured out, based on a couple of shows ago, what I have to do. And I have to tell you, it's working wonderfully. Before, I would get up at 6 a.m. I'm going to give it to you straight. Get up at 6 a.m., go to the toilet. On the toilet, get my head together, go into the toilet, read the news of the day. But before I get my morning shake that I use, you know, my pre-workout stuff and my aspirin to take the edges up, before I get to that, I've already ingested how many stories of murder, mayhem, five-year-old children being killed, two-year-old children being killed, because the media loves these stories because they quicken the pulse. Can't do it. So I've now I can't listen to NPR. I tried the other day the radio because at nighttime I can. The radio was still in the morning time. Turned to NPR and it was like suicide, suicide, suicide. By before I could get to turn it off, they had mentioned suicide three times, maybe four times. I can't live like that. I can't. I can't. There is it. It breeds it breeds fecklessness. It breeds impotency and hopelessness, which is the next step to being completely passive when the tanks start rolling through. I won't be party to it, you know, not in that hypnagogic state that many of us wake up in. Can't, can't. So I won't pay attention to the news until lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, they have to the push notifications every now and then. So stuff comes through. But still what I'm picking up is this is this thing. And I'm glad to see canary in the cold mine that MMA is kind of, that fighters are tired of it and, and kind of tonally Moving away, away, and the shows encourage it. We move away from the reality crap of the Ultimate Fighter. And I, God, I can't wait till like, they put the, the nail in the coffin of that. To a contenders or um, the the sit down. I still think it was a really revelatory moment. that Darren Till interview across the table with Dan Hardy from uh, 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 Masvidal. Because it's it, 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 it's it's hard it's hard to bullshit the real. You know, it's hard to get lost in the internet. Now, I have no no doubt in my mind that if McNuggets had been there, he would have continued the internet, the, the false, the false, fake, reality distorted narrative built on the internet. He would have continued in the real life, but to a certain degree, we find that charming, which is how in, in the manner in which we find Trump charming. Because we believe that there is a consistent one-to-one correlation. He's not just talking that way in fake internet reality, he's also willing to go that extra mile and and, and do that shit in, in reality reality. It sells better with a McNuggets because McNuggets is no stranger to the real, the real physical boundaries around that kind of activity. I don't know if you've ever stabbed anything, but if you ever stab anything, the, the, the weirdest thing about stabbing something, and in actual fact, I haven't done this a lot, so it's not like I'm an expert in it. Uh, if you read the Ozzy story on the day I murdered my dog, it's a very sad story, but it did illuminate some facts for me about stabbing. The dog attacked me and wouldn't let go of my hand. If for those of you who haven't read the Ozzy story, you can go to ozy.com and type in "kill dog," and I think it comes up in the first bunch of articles. And I held up the knife, and I because I thought the dog, like a human, would see it go, oh, and it didn't. And I had to stab him, get him off my hand. This is a dog I raised from a puppy. Not a cool day, but I had a I had a ten-month-old kid around the house, and I couldn't have a dog that was uh that wasn't gonna you know. Do, I can't can't. I'm the alpha. You attacked me. I wouldn't let go. So I pull the knife. The dog has no reaction. I realize I got to stab it, and I go for the eyes. And the eyes are so human. I couldn't do it. But I could, boom, hit him in the neck. So the thing about, about stabbing is that usually, if I take my hand and say this is something, I'm used to, that's a that's the boundary of a physical reality. It My hand is stopped by this blue ball mic. But suddenly, I become a magician when the stabbing, we have a knife in your hand, and you go, and your hand just keeps going. It's creepy. It's like weird magic. So somebody like a McNuggets, is able to in real life, you know, in real life, you push that hand and he's stopping you by saying, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm gonna get meaner and meaner and meaner until you want to solve it in a way that feels perfectly comfortable because it's in my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse. Somebody like Trump is untested in that regard. They're the most powerful men on the earth at this point in time. But frankly, He's not sending helicopter gunships out because I say some shit about him on the internet. Which creates a very specific type of person now. Can you imagine? Just reverse it. Can you imagine McNuggets was the president of the United States of America? An impossibility, but imagine it. Brinksmanship is your daily marching order. All Mueller is doing and all this report has done is to say, you know what? Let's yank back the curtain from from let's yank back the curtain from this internet reality and look at what's happened. That's a special prosecutor. I'm going to lay out stuff like I would for a team of prosecutors. I'm going to lay it out for you. This is what happened. Sunlight cleanses. This is what happened. Did this and did this and then this happened, you want to impeach the guy? It's up to you. It's not up to me. I just built the case for the prosecutor. You do what you want with it. If I thought that there was no collusion, no obstruction, I would have said that. I didn't say it. So let talk about exoneration. Not exactly right. But this is not a game. This is not an internet game of gotcha, gimme, 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 gotcha. It's not that. I'm going to hold up a hand that you won't be able to pass through because these are the actual charges. So you two all of you were stuck behind the wall, behind the curtain of this internet reality with a gotcha and sniping. And the, this is not this is not Paul Manafort is not looking at suddenly, much like with me and the taxes and money and abstraction and the money as reality, Manafort has gone from internet gamesmanship, that yeah, I'm talking this taking money and it, to now gray bar shit. The very real, like Charlie Manson saying. Bang, clang, bang, goes a big iron doors. I'm stuck in a cell with a concrete floor. Nine other men in that cell with me, moaning my fate with destiny. It's a Manson song. We wrote it. Manson, who I had a personal connection with, if you've read the Birth of Tragedy magazine, you know about our personal history. I've written about it for Ozzy under Charles Manson and me. You can read it still. It's still there. Pictures. I got some of my letters from him and Brother Icepick. I wish I had friends named Brother Icepick. I think I used to. But when as dude got close to the release date, I had to minimize that friendship. And I said, what are you in for, man? He goes, well, I went to Sacramento for the Mushroom Festival, man. I had to shoot my way out. I've been to Sacramento a bunch. I never had to shoot my way out, but maybe I didn't go to the Mushroom Festival, you know? So I'm closing in on the point here yeah <laughs> sorry and so and the point is fundamentally the point is fundamentally that this Mueller report is not a stuff behind the, the curtain of the fun side of the internet like Jack Kerouac used to say this is a real wake-up middle of night flop house nightmare and so in a very similar way like McNuggets has come to face to face with reality and Trump is coming face to face with reality these are hands that are preventing preventing us to go into the magical, irreality state. Can't get queued up close and personal. Not with this kind of shit. Nope. So it's not so much at this point a game of gotcha and who measure, even though I think the, the 2020 election will will clog things up. You know, the, the, the people who are real who I suspect really run things, not the temporary staffers. You know, in the deep government, you're talking about deep state. I'm not this Internet. That's Internet shit. I'm talking about lifetime appointees or not, not guys who've been working in D.C. for 30 years, work at industrial complexes, military complexes, who were vice presidents last year and will be vice presidents five years from now. I'm talking about those cats. This, to them, the election keeps us busy, keeps us chattering, keeps us behind the curtain playing these games about gotchas. You have between the two worlds now a very real bridge, and that's the Mueller report. If you use a Mueller report to play your games behind the fake curtain of Internet reality, you're missing the import and the impact of it. If you're stepping on the other side of the curtain into the real world where people get punched in the face and sent to jail, now you're getting a little bit closer. In other words, this is not for short-term political gain. This is for all the fucking chips as Paul Manafort is figuring out, looking at it, you know, as Cohen is figuring out, looking at some serious time. Enough time in jail so that your wife will be gathering sausages on her plate. Because as good of a woman as she might be. Who, who's going to hold out for three years? So, well, I, I know there are plenty of women that would. I know I don't know there seem very many men that would. If the situations were reversed. So, real fantasy, fantasy reality. These things when they collide, like like they say in Don Quixote, whether the pitcher hits the rock, and he's talking about a water pitcher, a, gl- a glass water pitcher. Whether the pitcher hits the rock or the rock hits the pitcher, it's always going to end up worse for the pitcher. Same with reality versus irreality. Somebody starts to get cute with me in person and go, sorry, not sorry, hashtag that. You might come face to face with getting your feelings hurt. And I'm getting hurt, and I'm not talking about feelings. So it, it behooves you, whenever the occasion arises, to start to think about things very clearly along the lines of, is this a behind-the-curtain internet fake fake thing, or is this a real punch your face and go to jail thing? And we have some fun on Twitter, For those of you who are at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you see we're going back and forth, and some guy actually got his feelings hurt Few weeks ago, you and your followers—it's no, not fucking followers, man. We're just there's no reality to any of this. It's that great line from Taxi Driver: "There's no reality to any of this." I'd like to think that we're because we're watching this show, because we've come from where we come from, because we all have this understanding that we don't spend a lot of time on that hashtag sorry not sorry side of the fence. That we're all somewhat conversant stepping out of that curtain to a place where somebody can you could say to somebody very clearly loudly what are you talking about what's that supposed to mean because it's real those words you spoke were real now I don't as a guy who believes a lot in words who has a lot of faith and credence in words I'm aware of the fact that even words have no meaning I could say stuff my mind could come up with word structures that that you know that ideate certain notions that would you, you would find upsetting, but I haven't hit anybody. I'm sure we learned from Nazi Germany that it's about ramping up the language to a certain degree. So if I was if I start to construct sentences around that seem to target uh, 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 groupings, you know that might you might be able to comfortably say, you know, ankle bones connected to the foot bone, and I see right where this is going, and it's the Auschwitz. To so stop it. But in general, I could say stuff like, you know, your mother juggles my nuts. I don't know your mother. Your mother doesn't know me. And even if your mother did know me, the likelihood that she's one of the people who have juggled my nuts, has, that she's juggled my nuts, is probably pretty low. But you understand that on two levels. You understand it as me saying something intentionally hurtful, stepping from behind the curtain of Internet, and doing a McNug- McNug- McNuggets, and saying, go ahead, and now do something. Do something. I dare you. Give it a try. Go ahead. Give it a try. So you you, you might give me a chance. You might go, oh, OK, OK. <laughs> all right, all right. Like the guy who got his feelings a few weeks ago. Then he stopped in the public, sent me a DM. And he was like, hey. man," And I was like, look, you got to understand, there's no reality to any of this. These are just jokes. We are having a good time, General. And, you know, like when I, uh, some people last week when I gave israel adesaya and uh uh kelvin Gaston fighter four you're like are you out of your mind and then there was the the the, the leapfrog that was having an lsd trip with the eyes going, and and i i put myself out there for that and that was fine i didn't confuse this side of the curtain with that side of curtain and in fact if we were in person up close and personal I would, I'm a good-natured guy with a sunny disposition. I would laugh that shit off. There's very, very few things that offend me. Stupidity offends me. Other than that, I'm open. I got friends all, all over the political spectrum. Gavin McInnes, the guy who founded the the, the uh, Proud Boys, you know, at one time would have been proud to call himself my friend. And I, I still think we have a friendly association. Him and Jim Goad, you know, Boyd Rice, people who are widely held to be kind of white supremacists or at least rednecks, I don't have any problems with these guys. Never have. Understand the difference of what happens on either side of the curtain. Or like my, my, my friend from Soviet Georgia, what used to be Soviet Georgia, says, Eugene, anybody can say anything they want to me. It's when they put their hands on me that things get get that things are going to change. He's a judo black belt, so things change fast. so anybody who's in this world of mma boxing combat sports i think understands fundamentally the difference between one side of the curtain the other but it's really pernicious what the internet has done to how we relate to each other and it makes it easy for people to fucking forget and the internet is full of people who've forgotten as full as as well as it is full of people who are willing to do monkey shines it's not entertainment I, you know what? I would be much happier if you, if everybody was, fil- even though I don't think amateurs should do stuff that's better left to professionals, I, I would be much happier if you were filming yourselves having sex and somehow putting that up online versus, you know, fights in McDonald's. This is like the news I stay away from until lunchtime. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Speaking of not helping, UFC uh, Saint don't cares, I was one and one. I picked Overeem to win. And I picked uh, uh, Svenchenko to beat uh, Roxanne uh, Modafari. And it's I couldn't really pick Roxanne. I just, the shtick, you know, she came out once just as Princess Leia. I just, you know, oh, geek girl. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just the shtick. Sometimes you like the shtick. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you like, you know, gorgeous George. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you like Baron Von Raschke. Sometimes you don't. I just didn't like it. It's just this is stupid. I, you know, you might like Star Wars. I'm, I'm fine. I got you. It's cool. I saw the first Star Wars. Came to the theater. I don't understand making a lifestyle out of it. Sorry, I gotta move this. I gotta lean back. That is killing me. Oh, I got food on my face. How classy? Are you guys gonna say something? Look at that. God, there we go. It's cheese. Those of you. Uh, also, there's gonna JJB that you'll like. It's gonna come up. Stick to this channel, uh, the U, uh, Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper channel, you get a notification. As soon as I get off, I'm going to load it up. But UFC St. Saying, saying those Carisberg, it was really weird. I felt really weird. And like somebody suggested, I started to think that I, I needed to, I need to change that show a bit. You know, John Nash is on. Steph is on. I think John had two cares, and he got two right and none wrong. Steph had, or no, he, yeah, that was it. Steph had... Two and one, she had three cares, and I had two cares, and only got one fight right and one wrong, and I got Overeem right, and I started to think this is 13 fights in the card between between us, we cared b- about fewer than half of them. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make. It's it's like we don't want to be those guys at the movie who are like, oh sure, so they could put a cape on the guy and he can fly. Ah, that's bullshit. We don't want to be. That's not the guy. That's not the person we want to be. Well, we don't want to be that person. But then, as luck would have it, I just recorded care don't care, which you won't hear until Monday. Some of you overseas will be hearing the show on Monday, so you know that at the same time, you know Steph is going to put it up. I cared about every single fight on UFC, uh, UFC uh, of Fort Lauderdale. And it's on ESPN Plus. Don't have to go anywhere. Can look at it on my phone. I don't know how to make sense of that, except to say that maybe the don't cares are not that important. And maybe it's a cares and arrogant Because if you add up the cares fight to fight over the course of a year, what constitutes 500? Now one of users want me to was wanting me to identify my, my top my top favorite fights. I, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't have a list because I start to think ah, I'd require research, and that's fundamentally, um, you know, it's like it's like uh, it's like larding, uh, it's like kind of cheating. And I start to list the fights that I like, and the fights that I like are fights that fundamentally yank back a curtain for me. So I'm going to tell you. My first, one of my first favorite all-time fights that I think yanked back a curtain where for the first time I saw outside the cage and into a future reality, like Hitler talked about the three types of secrets. Those I keep from you, those we share about future events as yet unknown. And when that curtain yanked back, I thought I saw the future, and I did uh, immediately. And so one of my all-time favorite fights was Johnny Boni Joni and Stefan Bonner. Because I said, like, oh skinny bro is gonna get killed here. He's gonna get killed. And he was unrelenting with his Greco shit. Fucking Bonner did not have a chance. Not even like, and you knew instantaneously that you were in the presence of something that, you know, barring, you know, barring car accidents and drug usage was not gonna be derailed. And everybody was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. That was one. The other one was when they started to give him some serious tests. Where the bald one is like, yeah, yeah, so this kid thinks he's hot shit, he's demanding more money, whatever. We'll give him some serious tests. And the one where he won the belt. And I don't I think it was either Shogun hoo ha uh, where he i've never it's rare that i see somebody tap out just because of a fusillade so of punishment if you remember he was on his hands and knees and before he just taps the mat Fuck this i can't go on and as far as i'm concerned that's the life cycle of johnny boney joni that's the alpha and omega of johnny budget oh well what about uh, you know, the gust of sin. And that. Yeah, that's the latter part of the story as far as I'm concerned. That's fine. Whatever. What about the big beat? This win over DC? But I'm talking about noteworthy. Like where you go, oh, shit, with Bonner. And then, like, fuck, sky's the limit with with dude tapped out from the savagery of his beating. This is a tough guy, Shogun Hua, and he just got murdered. murdered. I mean, that was like, That that was that. So those two. Number three, Cain Velasquez and uh, Junior Dos Santos. When he popped Dos Santos into the fucking Lost Battalion. And Dos Santos' face looked like a ravaged pumpkin at the end of that fight. That, now that was number three. That was something that was well worthwhile. A moment where you look at it and go, whoa, 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 whoa. OK, usually what happens is these moments are, are associated with the rise of, of a personality. Not always. It wasn't like Cain had arrived. Cain was already there, been Cain for a long time. But that was one of those moments where the curtain gets yanked back and you we touch greatness. And those are good times. I mean that whole series with with, with Kane and um, and I'm not even you, you think I'm going to mention Kane and Brock. Yeah, I fell off my I was in I was doing a spoken word show in Chicago at that point, and I looked down at my watch like halfway through it. I started talking really fast because I said, "Sorry, I'd like to hang around and sign books, but fuck you guys, I'm going to be across the street in the bar. Buy your book, come across the street, I'll sign it. I got to watch the fights." And I ran out across like six lanes of traffic, cars are beeping. I got to the bar, got a seat. And when when uh, Kane, uh, knocked out or uh, 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 fucked up a uh, uh, Brock, I screamed so loud that I uh, there was uh, very modern aluminum chairs. I slipped off the aluminum chair and fell onto the floor. I start I started blacking out. Number three. Now you, I know you're waiting for four and five to see if I'm gonna give a nod to the people that you think change things like like Honda. No, not really. Or or McNuggets. Yeah, you're not gonna like that. Because I look at McNuggets' win over Aldo as 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 a victory of gamesmanship over over fightsmanship. Yep, you know, that's part of the game. Gamesmanship is part of the fightmanship, but that was a hundred percent gamesmanship. He just fucking pissed Aldo off so much that they got. I mean, it's happened to me. Street fights. Guy pisses you off so much. You are in my MMA career. Some guys fucking clowning me in that. I discovered later the guy got a boxing scholarship from the University of Minnesota. Who knew they gave him out? Only reason I won that fight is because the guy started talking to me after he knocked me on my ass. He didn't know what to do with boxing. Fucking like yanked his legs out from under and, and got him on the ground and choked the fuck out of him. Gamesmanship, fightsmanship. You know, so where, give me an example of, of McNuggets digging down deep and, and, and coming up on the win side at, as a result of a domination. And I'll put him in this top five list. His fights are perfectly entertaining. I'm just not, you asked me about my faves. I'm giving you my top five faves. And they're all the same type of fave. When a curtain is yanked back and you see reality. Demetrius uh, uh, Mighty Johnson. Don't even remember the cat that he was fighting. I had been lukewarm on him. He always irked me in his interviews. I've been lukewarm fan for a long time where I saw the guy um, take whatever that was, take down, back take into... Like a flying uh, arm bar in the air comes to the ground rests in arm that was like against RDA I can't remember who it was against but it was one of those moments where I was like you could give me a hundred monkeys in a hundred years and I'm not right in that play. In fact, that's my touchstone when I'm in, when I'm doing jujitsu. It's like you've got to visualize yourself. It's like it's, uh, It's that's a touchstone, but it also comes with a matrix. It's like, you're insofar as you're able to have your thought precede the action, it has to be as fast as you want your body to do it, and your body will attempt to match it. And he did that like that. One, two, three, four. And there are a lot. There are a lot of game great fighters from Chuck Liddell and the oldest. I got a history that goes back to UFC 1. But just off the top of my head, much like the care, don't care, you're asking for my immediate takes. I'm sorry. Honda's not on that list, and neither is McNuggets. They fight perfectly exciting fights, and I've been perfectly excited about their fights. But and my last choice going to completely surprise you. DC Stipe. That was a perfect meeting of fightsmanship and gamesmanship. The gamesmanship was was really minor. These guys both respect each other. They get but the fightsmanship can or the gamesmanship, the unseen portion of the gamesmanship, not the stuff that's tweeted out from person to person. That shit was them watching that tape. And seeing that Stipe, every time he came out of a clinch, dropped his, being able to watch it go, look, boom, 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 every time he does it. And DC tying up his right arm, and then when he pushes to escape, delivering that uppercut and dropping him, boy. boy that was yeah. earthly perfection. And there are a lot of runners up. I know you're gonna get that list. You go ah, but you, ah. Then what about? Yeah, there's a lot of what about? Like Reinhard Heydrich said, we all have our favorites. Well, he didn't really say that, but you know, it's too offensive with what he really did say. The me. So you know, I, I think I think in other words, state of the union MMA. I think we're fine. I think by the time we get to the end of 2019. If you would add up all of the cares, and I'm sure one of you will from show to show, or maybe Steph actually will, I think we'll be well over 500, which as far as I'm concerned is a healthy tipping point. Because if you're going to tell me that a baseball player or a basketball player, uh, uh, those are games in which they have, sports in which they have tons of games. If you're going to tell me that those cats have those same numbers, that the average fan cares about more than half of their fights, or sorry, half of their games, basketball or you care about your local team game, the things that are your conference, but all in, in aggregate you care about more? I'm not going to believe you. So if at the end of 2019, we're between UFC St. Don't and UFC Fault Lauderdale and all the others coming up, that we end up caring about more than half of the fights on the individual cards, which I'm predicting that we will, we're in good shape. I'm not worried. The body politic, which is how we started out talking about this, that is people who don't punch each other in the face in order to solve their difficulties, those people I'm worried about, for sure, for sure. Because when those people come in contact with us, we just don't have the patience for it. We just don't. When, I, like, I, There's a great meme where Samuel Jackson is, and they say, jiu-jitsu the first year. He's looking all handsome and smiley and normal. And then they take a picture from him from Black Snake Moan. He's like, Yeah, jujitsu after seven years. I think it's socially irresponsible for Sarah to be teaching me jujitsu. I'm getting better. And as I get better, I get into a philosophical position where I just don't hold truck with stupid shit behind the curtain. Don't like it. You know what it reminds me of? The two things that drive me the craziest. And I call it teenage stuff. And it. If you're in a relationship of any kind with me, you can never do this stuff. Walking out of a room, slamming a door, if we're having a discussion, it's not going to flip me out like I'm going to hurt somebody physically, but you will die to me. I had a girlfriend do that. I said, you know, if you do that again, walk out of a room, slamming the door, ceasing the conversation with a punctuation mark that is childish in the extreme, understand this, but you and I will not have many more conversations after that. Because I've seen life on both sides of the curtain, and I prefer it on the blue side of the curtain, or whichever pill let you wake up. I can't remember which is which, the blue or the red pill. So that's one of the things. Also, in the old days, people would hang up the phone on each other. That's the second thing. I don't think I've ever called back a single person who's ever hung up the phone on me, because what you've said is, I don't want to talk to you about this. I'm incapable. Don't desire it. And I'm like, okay. Good luck to you on your future events, because I'm on the side of the curtain where that speaks volumes. So understand this Mueller report doesn't exist behind the curtain, where everybody's doing hashtag sorry, not sorry, and they're being cute and facebook has become a marketplace for complaint we Re- go through your news feed tomorrow morning and add up the numbers of your friends in your news feed who are posting things that are pointless complaints in order to have a voice in a room of people screaming about things that irk them it's like stand up comedy without the punchline Oh, my God, I tried to get my laundry today, and there was somebody, oh, yeah, well, I went to the ice cream store, and there was some, oh, yeah, look at this video of this fucking guy trying to stuff. How does this help? I know there are two Americas. I know there are two realities on either side of the curtain. I prefer to live on the side of the curtain where, at the end of the day, I can tally shit that really happened to me. And the Mueller reporter is only on one side of that curtain. And on the side of the internet fakery side of the curve, you can make believe it doesn't exist. Public opinion sits there a lot of the time about a lot of these things, but there's no reality to that. So we have come to the end of V62. V62. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. This week there will be, as far as I know, no. If I did it, if the shoes fit. Because Alexi is traveling Tuesday to Thursday. And I can only do the show on Tuesday. Monday night, dinner with my kids. Friday night, date night with the wife. Not going to break any of those things. So uh, so we can't, we can't do it. And he's going to be traveling, so he won't be able to do it. As far as I know, unless they replace me and they get Nash to do it on or Friday or Monday night, uh, I, I won't be on the show this week. So as far as I know, at this point in time, Uh, If I did it, if the shoes fit, not happening on Tuesday. So you got your Tuesday free care, don't care preview where I do a first time ever of care about all the fights in the card. That is tomorrow. Uh, Steph will go live with it and it's her and John Nash and me. This will end and right after followed by the jujitsu breakdown, Orlando Sanchez and stuff. It's called, it's a guard pass for Passover. So you should enjoy that. Coming up, if you're go to the top of the channel and hit the bell, those of you came out like champs, but somehow they said you got to get over a 1,000 people if, to get some Facebook or uh, YouTube fuckery, and so they want to deny us something. I sent out the call. You followed up, came through. You got the number over a 1,000, so thank you for that. Also, uh, Sex with Eugene, the sex column that it, I tweeted out the link this morning or late last night on the Facebook page, on my Facebook journalism page. Uh, we have officially run out of questions. So you can send me questions uh, uh, through DM, through Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson Twitter, or through Instagram, Mr. Sleep, the number three on Instagram. If you, I got to look into your world before I let you in to make sure you're not a spy. And if you have no photos on your page, I don't let you because I think you're a spy. So, uh, but if you have questions, stuff you heard, send it to me. Let me know. I asked some woman last night, uh, I went to dinner with some folks, um, and she's complaining about her husband. Yeah. And I said, uh, um, I'm going to ask the question that everybody around here has got too much cooth to ask How's your sex life? And she goes, Yeah, it's okay. They've been married 10 years. They're 36 years old, and it's OK. And I stopped and said, pointed to, to, to my wife, and I go, if she was ever in a position to give an answer like that, and I heard it, I would immediately kill myself. Eh, OK. That's not a good look. So she's got some questions that are going to go into the column. But I, you, know, you can send them to me DM. You can ask me to withhold your name. It could be somebody else's problem. A friend, if you know what I mean. But now's the time. I got, I think I got two questions in the hopper. Got to fill the hopper again. Help out. Make my Monday a beautiful Monday. Anyway, we'll see you next Sunday for the Showstopper. Tell the world about it. Wait for JJB. It's coming up. And before things get done, I want you to remember, live what you made me do!